0: I'm Larry Bumpers with L Beef Bar Farm in Marque, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today,
2: Carrie Martin. Hello Texas, thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're gonna take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Our show today coming to you again from the Beef Cattle Short Course on the campus of Texas A&M University in College Station. So what will the next 40 years look like for the beef industry? That's the theme of this year's Beef Cattle Short Course here in College Station. We'll take a look at the next four decades of bee production, plus we'll have some market outlook coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
0: Looking for the right opportunities in a time when there's uncertainty in the markets. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today.
2: Just ahead on Texas Ag Today, risk management improvements and growth for America's farmers and ranchers. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll hear from the Deputy Administrator of USDA's Risk Management Agency. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Our show today is coming to you from the Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course in College Station. The topic of discussion at the general session of this year's Beef Cattle Short Course is the next 40 years in the beef business. Donald Brown of the R.A. Brown Ranch in Throckmorton was on a panel to discuss that topic, and he's very optimistic about the next four decades.
3: Oh, I tell you, I am super excited about the next 40 years, and I think we're going to see continual change. And I like the paradox of change that says change has never moved this fast before, and it will never move this slow again.
2: Brown cites one example of fast change is the upcoming generational turnover in the beef business.
3: We're going to see a generational transition like we've not seen in our lifetimes. I believe in this high in the market over the next three years or so, I foresee producers saying, you know, I believe this is a good time for me to pull the golden parachute and uh, let somebody else manage these cows, own the land, continue to own that good increasing value asset, but let somebody else come in maybe with sweat equity to be a part owner in that business to run those cows. I, I think there's a lot of opportunities.
2: Brown also believes technological changes will continue to accelerate in the cattle business, saying he started using virtual fencing on the R.A. Brown Ranch just three weeks ago. He also believes cattle producers need to get on the sustainability bandwagon because consumers and the companies they buy from will demand it from the beef industry. The annual market outlook is another highlight of this event each year, and Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson was happy to give that optimistic outlook. He told the crowd that there are several factors contributing to record cattle prices right now, and one of them is beef demand. Consumers continue to buy beef despite the record high prices at the grocery store.
4: Well, I think that's one of the real success stories for a bunch of years is growing demand for beef. And what we have now is even with everything we talk about in the economy, folks are still buying beef. Beef is something that's in demand. And that's part of the reason for record high beef prices is that beef is in demand and we've got tighter supplies. And so, you know, really, that's a success story. And what I think we'll see in the next couple of years is we're going to test consumers' ability to buy beef because we're set up for tighter and tighter supplies, which on its own suggests higher prices. And we're going to find a price point that people will pull
2: back from. But so far, we haven't really found that in any broad sense. So just how high will beef prices have to get before consumers say enough and start switching to other proteins?
4: You know in in a bigger sense, you know where is that point that people change and and i don 't have a good idea where that is, and sometimes you know demand is one of those the hardest part of this to come up with but but essentially, beef is more expensive than pork or chicken, and has been for many years. Uh, that gap is widening. Uh, I think what we see though is you know there 's evidence in the last couple of years of of certain cuts. That have just gotten too expensive, and and you can see it in the data. That, for example, ribeyes in the fall of 2021 got it to in wholesale over $15 a pound. They immediately declined, and I think that's a price point where folks, even people that had money, looked at and said, "I refuse to pay that much." Uh, And I think we also had restaurants and stores that said, you know, I can't pay that much wholesale for ribeyes and put a plate together for somebody that that they can afford to buy and one that would be profitable for them. Because they have to make a margin, too. A restaurant's trying to put a plate together. And so, you know, we see price points
2: for certain cuts that have done that. um, And I think we're going to test that again. Anderson's market outlook calls for cattle prices to continue to climb all the way into 2025. Dr. Jeff Saville followed Anderson's presentation looking back at the progress of building beef demand through increasing the quality of the product. He says the turning point was when the beef industry decided to stop getting into fights it couldn't win. Instead, the industry focused on the one thing that sets beef apart.
0: Well, you know, for too long, I think that the beef industry tried to go down the line and they were going to compete with poultry and pork and, and leanness. And I don't know they ever got in the decision to try to compete on price, but there was no way in there. But once it was discovered, once the decision was made that taste was going to be the area, that the beef industry would focus on, then I think that that's when you start seeing the uptake and it's like fight the battle you can win and the beef industry can win the battle on taste.
2: Sable says beef quality and marbling scores have made massive progress in producing a very high quality product that consumers love and other factors like the popularity of Texas barbecue only add to consumers' loyalty to delicious tasting beef. Texas High Plains farmers are looking for the right opportunity at a time when there's uncertainty in the markets. James Hunt says it's time to make the push for profitability.
0: Texas High Plains farmers have some challenges ahead in the next few weeks, deciding what they'll need to do to assure the best outcomes for this season's crop production. And then there's the matter of marketing those crops. Here's how Texas A&M grain marketing economist Mark Welch describes the current commodity price environment.
5: It's impossible to predict what these prices are going to do. When we're trading off of weather markets and as extreme and volatile as those are, then throw in the activity in the Black Sea and the unknown evolution of events over there from day to day. There's no way to predict what those prices are going to do or where they're going to go.
0: But Dr. Welch says when markets become erratic, farmers can sometimes catch a break.
5: Volatile prices are very challenging. They can be very intimidating, but they also provide opportunity. And I think the best that any producer can do is looking at the values, that are offered on any given day and then does that price work or not?
0: One potential market mover comes this Friday with USDA's release of the monthly World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates Report.
5: I will be very interested in the U.S. yield number for corn. I think that is the market driving number right now.
0: The corn outlook very likely to be the headline maker on Friday. Meanwhile, Dr. Welch also shared these thoughts about the impact controlling costs has on profitability.
5: In any given year, the most important, I think, aspect of our agricultural management and production system, we've got to be efficient producers. We've got to get our costs down. Uh, We are in a very competitive global environment, regardless of what you're growing, whether it's corn or wheat, grain sorghum, cotton. We have to be the most efficient producers that we can be.
0: Texas A&M Grain Marketing Economist, Mark Welch. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: USDA's Risk Management Agency is making improvements to better serve American farmers and ranchers. Tom Nicoletti has more. Dolores Dean, the Deputy Administrator of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Risk Management Agency, highlights some improvements at RMA which have been beneficial for the nation's farmers and ranchers.
6: Crop insurance is the primary safety net for agricultural producers. Since 2000, when we actually had $30 billion in liability and covered 300 crops, compared to today, we're at $200 billion in liability mm-hmm. across the nation, and over 600 crops are insured annually. We've been focusing a lot on program expansion over the past several years, being more responsive to producer needs. Through the regional offices, we conduct a tremendous amount of stakeholder mm-hmm. engagement and outreach with industry groups and farmers to see what they need. How can we help them serve their needs for a more effective safety net? Some recent examples of that are the expansion of margin protection. Starting June 30th of this year, a margin protection will be available for 1,000 new counties and can be purchased through September 30th of 2023 for the 2024 crop year. And in response to the war in Ukraine, last year, RMA took under a very large effort to expand double cropping across the nation in 1,500 counties. We're still working on that effort through blanket written agreements, making coverage available for folks that never previously had it, and making that a more streamlined effort for producers and agents alike. We've expanded revenue coverage levels for whole farm and micro. That's a sort of blanket farm policy where you can share many things under one umbrella. Whole farm was increased to $17 million in revenue last year and micro to 350000 focused on underserved or small producers.
2: That is USDA's Deputy Administrator for the Risk Management Agency, Dolores Dean. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
7: Dove hunting season is just a few weeks away. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have this year's dove season forecast coming up on Texas Ag Today and
2: a nail entering horse's foot may not be serious, but then again, it could be deadly. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A nail entering
2: a horse's foot may not be serious, but Dr. Bob Judd says it could be
8: deadly. And A horse stepping on a nail is a fairly common situation. The first thing most folks think about doing is pulling the nail out. However, the first thing you should do is call your veterinarian. I know the reason for pulling the nail out is you do not want further damage to occur and this will decrease the horse's pain. However, there are multiple joints that a nail could enter in the hoof, and if you remove the nail, it is almost impossible for your vet to determine if any joints were entered, because after removing the nail, you can usually not find the location, direction, and depth of the nail. And this is critically important, because if a nail enters a joint, aggressive therapy must be used immediately. If an infection develops in a joint, it is very difficult to clear these infections and very expensive. I mentioned earlier that a nail in the foot can be deadly, and this is the reason, as some of these joint infections cannot be cleared and the horse must be euthanized. So if at all possible, do not remove the nail from the hoof, but you can cut the nail off just above the sole and bend it over so it can still be found, but will not press further into the foot and wrap the foot with a heavily padded cotton wrap. Your veterinarian can x-ray the foot with the nail in it to determine if a joint was entered and how aggressive the treatment needs to be. You can also take a picture of the nail and the location will give your vet some information to advise you on treatment. If the nail has entered a synovial structure, many times the joint will need to be flushed for several days with antibiotics and the horse may even need to go to a referral center. If you wait and an infection develops, it may be impossible to save the horse. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: The Texas dove season is just a few weeks away. Jessica Domel has this year's dove forecast in today's wildlife report.
7: Dove hunting season in the north and central zones kicks off in just a few weeks. So how is this season shaping up? Owen Fitzsimmons, webless migratory game bird program leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with this year's dove season forecast.
9: We had a good, wet, cool spring across most of the state, so really good production. And that came out in our dove surveys that we do in May and June. As far as bird numbers go, we're looking better than we have in in five or six years. We saw about a 44% jump in numbers in morning doves statewide and about a 20% increase in white wings statewide. So in terms of numbers looking great, of course, we've had an extremely hot, dry summer through July and August. We'll see how that plays out come September 1st. Things are drying out very quickly, so that may concentrate birds around water holes and food sources. But in terms of pure numbers, we're looking better than we have in several years.
7: There are an estimated 28.3 million morning doves in Texas this year. That's up 3% over the long-term average. There an estimated 11.7 million white-winged doves in Texas this year. That's 19% above the state's long-term average.
9: Typically, what we see in the spring is carryover from hatch year production last year. We had some late summer rains last year that I think produced a really good late summer hatch, and I think that carried over this year in terms of the number of breeding adults. And so that's what we're seeing in these numbers. Having a second year of good hatch year production is just going to boost those numbers up even further. So that's really great to see.
7: Dove season in the north and central zones opens September 1st. In the south zone, opening day is September 14th. The special white-winged dove days are September 1st through the 3rd and September 8th through the 10th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel.
2: Time to check those markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag today.
7: The cattle complex traded lower on Tuesday as traders awaited movement in the cash cattle market. August live cattle even at 17970. October live cattle down 52 cents to 18090. December live cattle down 57 cents to 18520. Corn traded slightly higher on Tuesday, and that did also impact the feeder cattle market. August feeder cattle down $0.97 cents to $2.46 even. September feeder cattle down $1.45 to $2.49.42. October feeder cattle down $1.67 to $2.51.22. Box beef was higher. Choice up $0.94 cents to 3.02.43 dollars Select up $1.97 to $2.76.98. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
10: My guest Rodney Butler, Beeville Livestock, had a great sale in Beeville on Friday. Rodney, tell these folks about it.
11: Uh, we got along real good, we had some good cattle and they sold real good. We had 450 head of cattle and 9 goats.
10: Good, walk the pens with us Rodney.
11: Alright, your 200-300 pound steers were $1.90 to 260, a Heifers $1.31 to 215. 400 four hundred pound steers were two and a quarter to two forty. Heifers two fifteen to two fifty. 400 500 five hundred pound steers were two twenty to two fifty five. Heifers a dollar ninety to two twenty 500 600 six hundred pound steers two ten to two fifty five. Heifers a dollar ninety three to two twenty 700 seven hundred pound steers were a dollar ninety eight to two twenty six. Heifers a dollar ninety three to two ten. And your 700 to 800 pound steers were $1.85 to $2.20. And the average were $1.57 to $1.81. Packer cows sure were strong. We had some good cows this week. They're growing from $65 to $1.05. Bulls brought from $81 to $1.18. Stocker cows brought anywhere from seventy-one to dollar twenty. With some bred cows, dollaring out around that thirteen and a quarter. And the pairs we had Friday brought anywhere from twelve seventy-five to fifteen and a quarter. Sir,
10: sounds like a pretty good sale. What do you anticipate for this Friday?
11: Uh, I know two bunches of cattle coming this next Friday, but that's all I know of. I think They're going to be mostly calves. I don't know if any cows coming this week so far, sir.
10: Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Rodney Butler.
11: Yeah, if I can help market your cattle in South Texas, call me at 361-358-1727 or call me on my mobile,
10: 645-5002. Rodney, thank you for the call. Thank you and take care. And Texas neighbor, please take care also because we want to see you back Monday through Friday right here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with this program, Walking the Pens. My name is Larry Marble. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today.
7: August lean hogs were at 57 cents Tuesday to 102.10. October lean hogs down 25 cents to 84.57. Block cheese was unchanged at $1.96. Barrel cheese unchanged at $1.80. August class 3 milk was up 2 cents to 17.38 a hundredweight. September class 3 milk was down 2 cents at 17.92 a hundredweight. Cotton closed slightly lower on Tuesday. The market fell as the Dow Jones fell after Moody's downgraded several US banks. An expectation for a bit of rain in West Texas over the next couple of days also had an impact. October cotton down 18 points to 86.20. December cotton down 14 points to 85.20. September corn was up 3.5 Tuesday to use data 4.85 and 3 quarters. December corn up 3 to 4.98 and 3 quarters. March 2024 corn up 3 to 5.12 and a quarter. September hard red wheat up three quarters to 770 and a half. December hard red wheat down three quarters to 781 and a half. March 2024 hard red wheat down one and three quarters to 787 and a half. August soybeans rose 15 and a half. Tuesday to 1430 even. November soybeans up four to 1306 even. September natural gas up a nickel to 277. October natural gas rose a nickel to 286. September crude oil up $1.05 to $82.99. October crude oil up $0.95 cents to eighty two forty four a barrel. The Dow fell 243 points Tuesday to, to 35,229. The S&P 500 fell 32 points to 4,486. And the NASDAQ fell 151 points to 13,842. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Dolmol and I hope to see you then.
1: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website,